Have you ever just really longed to know God's will for your life? Uh, maybe you needed a next step uh, that you needed to take, and, or, or maybe you were kind of in a holding pattern in your life. You just needed a fresh touch from God, some direction in your life. Uh, I, I think we need those, those big directions. We, we also need direction every single day that we live. Because the Bible teaches us that we are to walk in obedience to Christ. Uh, how do you walk in obedience to somebody if you don't know what they're saying to you? So we need to understand what God is saying to us, how to understand that, and then to put it into practice in our lives. And uh, Peter has been spending some time in this scripture. He's been reading the Old Testament passages about uh, Jesus' betrayal and about Jesus' friend who forsook him and about the fact that another would need to take his place of leadership. All these were pictures in David's life of Jesus who was yet to come. And so uh, Peter takes this instruction that he finds in God's Word and he uses it as the basis for what he does in this passage of re replacing Judas with ultimately... Matthias, who God led them to in this passage. But as we look at this passage, we can see some things that God teaches us about how to know His will. Uh, and so we need to know God's will. We need to seek God's will in our life and trust Him uh, to lead us uh, as we do. So the title of my message is How to Know God's Will. How to Know God's will. And look with me at verse 15 of Acts 1. It says, In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together were about 120. And said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the Scripture be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was one of our number and shared in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages. He fell head first, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. This became known to all the uh, residents of Jerusalem, so that in their own language, the field is called Hakadama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling become desolate, let no one live in it, and let someone else take his position. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time, the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us. From among these, it is necessary that one become witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. All right, so how to know God's will? How do you know God's will? Well, first of all, you need to hear the scriptures. You need to hear the scriptures. The first thing Peter does as a basis for his action is to quote the Old Testament. 
He says, it's because God said this that we're going to do this. Uh, listen, I believe that every facet of our lives needs to be governed by God's Word. What we do in the church needs to be governed by God's Word. What we do in the family needs to be governed by God's Word. Uh, what we do in raising our children needs to be governed by God's Word. Every facet of our lives and the basis of our relationship with Christ, uh, it should be the Scriptures that He has given us. This is the authoritative Word of God that He has given to us. And it's the will of God. And so, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, God has given us some divine equipment uh, in the pages of Scripture to help us know His will. And some Scriptures are even more specific than that. And they will tell you, uh, for example, in 1 Thessalonians 4, we find it says it is God's will for us to be thankful in everything. Uh, we also see that in 1 Thessalonians 4, he tells us it is the will of God that you grow in Christ, be sanctified in Christ. It's the will of God that you abstain from immorality. First uh, Peter tells us, uh, he says, it's God's will that through your holy righteous conduct that you silence the talk of wicked and foolish men. So there's some very specific things like that in God's Word that tell us specific things that are God's will for our lives. But then as we look at the Bible as a whole, it is a, is a counseling thing. You know, um, the Bible can teach you how to pray. It can show you God's will for your relationship with God in prayer. Because the Psalms give us examples of prayer. You can pray those Psalms to God. Did you know that? Uh, and you can learn from the Psalms how to approach God in honesty and worship. Uh, if you need wisdom, you can go to Proverbs or uh, you can go to the book of James in the New Testament to find some practical guidelines for life. Um, if you need understanding of how to live that day-to-day -day life of faith, you can look in the narrative sections of Scripture. If, if you need hope uh, because you're struggling, you can look in the book of Revelation or in the prophetic sections of Scripture, in uh, Corinthians and Thessalonians that talk about the fact that, praise God, Jesus is coming. And, and, and there's going to be a day when he will bring righteousness and truth. And there's a day when we will have glorified bodies with no sickness or pain. And uh, we, we can have that hope. Why? How do we learn all of that? Well, that's God's will. Why? Because we read it in the pages of Scripture. So we need to hear the Scriptures. And by the way, anyone who tells you they're speaking God's word, who goes against the word of God, is not from God. Just mark it down. Uh, God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should change his mind. Uh, what he has said stands the test of time. And so, um, so how to know God's will? Well, first of all, you need to hear the Scripture. Secondly, you need to check the requirements. You need to check the requirements. If you want to know God's will... Uh, in this case, this God's will about a certain individual filling a slot in the church as an apostle, one of the 12 big apostles, the foundational apostles of God's church. Judas 
had died and had betrayed Jesus. He needed to be replaced so that there'd be, just as there were 12 tribes of Jacob, there would be 12 apostles of the Lamb uh, who would carry on that foundational work. Um, He gives qualifications for this role. You couldn't just say, well, I'm an apostle. You had to fulfill the qualifications. What were those qualifications? Well, you had to be with Jesus throughout his ministry. From the time of John's baptism all the way through to the resurrection of Jesus, you had to be a witness of those things. Um, and so, um, so, what do they, so what did they do? Uh, well, after they heard these qualifications, they realized there were only two fellows in the whole group that would fulfill those qualifications. And so they then had to take some other steps to determine which of these two individuals would be placed in the twelve. Um, did you know God gives qualifications for pastors? Um, whether you call them pastors, elders, overseers, bishops, whatever, you, you know, there are different names in the scripture for them, but uh, there are qualifications for them. You, uh, I, I heard uh, a few years ago of a church that just appointed a bunch of random people to be elders in their church. That's a bad idea. You need to pray and you need to look at the qualifications for that role. Same thing is true of deacons. They actually had a group of widows who did ministry in the church as well. And they had qualifications for the widows too. So uh, if you want to know God's will as far as who is serving in roles and in specific roles that the Bible mentions in the church, you need to look at those qualifications so that we don't step outside of God's will in that. And so uh, that's what they did. And, and Peter tells them the qualifications as he's received them from Christ, and they follow these qualifications. That narrows the will down. So you hear the scriptures. Now, now you've got this specific issue. You're hearing the qualifications for these individuals who are going to serve. Um, and and uh, by the way, before I leave that, Paul also calls himself an apostle. Uh, he says, I'm an apostle as one abnormally born. Uh, in other words, Paul wouldn't have fulfilled this qualification list because he wasn't saved until after Jesus' ascension. But he was a, resur- a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he saw him on the Damascus Road. Jesus appeared in a brilliant light on the Damascus Road and uh, called Paul for his purpose and changed his life, and he was never the same. Uh, so, so Paul recognizes that, um, that he is not in the same category as the twelve, but he also is approved by the twelve. Because if you remember, there's a scripture in this very book of Acts that talks about a Jerusalem council. And the apostles approve the work of Paul and Barnabas and all of these who are serving with the Gentiles. And and the stamp of their approval is upon them. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe there are authoritative apostles today in this same sense that we're talking about today. Uh, The the twelve and the apostle Paul uh, are in special categories. They wrote scripture. They, They made commands that that were authoritative, and the church was to follow those things. Um, I think today you may have what, what I would call, the word apostle just means sent. You may have a gift of apostleship. If that's a gift of being a missionary 
or of uh, going and, and on a wide scale, uh, we, you know, organizing a missionary work. But as far as having an authoritative status in the church, that day and that time is fulfilled in the, with the Twelve, with the Apostle Paul, and um, uh, the time of the New Testament. So, um, no more eyewitnesses today. So, you've got to check the requirements. So, uh, how to know God's will. First of all, hear the scriptures. Secondly, check the requirements. Thirdly, prepare your hearts. Uh, prepare your hearts. Now, my translation kind of obscures this a little bit. It says, and they prayed, or then they prayed, verse 24. Um, but literally, the Greek text says, and having prayed, they said. And, and what I like about that is, is the fact that it shows they were praying before this prayer that they offer here in this assembly. They had been preparing their hearts. Uh, by the way, did you know you can prepare your heart when you come to church? You can, before you get here, you can spend time with God. You can spend time in prayer. You can confess sin. Uh, you can get yourself in the place where you are ready to worship as you seek the Lord in, pre in preparation. Uh, but also, as we make corporate decisions as a church, it's important that we seek God about those decisions. That we don't just, if it's an important decision, we're not just making that decision lightly, but that we're seeking God about that decision. So, uh, we also need to have our hearts prepared. Did you know the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me? In other words... If I'm treasuring evil or if I'm pursuing an evil path in my life and I've not confessed it or repented of it, while I'm pursuing that evil path, it's not that God doesn't hear what I say, but God will not respond to my prayers. That's what the Scripture says. So we can't expect to hear from God or to know God's will if we're unwilling to follow the will that He's given us in His Word. So we've got to make preparation in our life to hear from God. And sometimes that preparation will also involve being surrendered. Uh, have you ever had somebody ask you a question, but they really didn't want the answer? Uh, you know, they, they'll ask you, maybe they'll ask your advice, and then they don't follow it. Why? Because they've already made their minds up, right? I have people come sometimes for counseling, and they'll do that. They'll say, Pastor, will you give us counseling about this? Well, then... I do, and they go do something else, right? Why? Because their mind was made up. They didn't really want to hear from me. They wanted me to confirm what they already had made up their mind to do. One of the preparations that we must do in order to hear from God is to be surrendered in our heart to follow Him, whatever He chooses to say or to do in our lives. We've got to approach him with a heart that is willing to follow. Uh, so if, if you have already made up your own mind, don't expect God to, to speak into your life because God won't. He, he wants us to surrender ourselves and be open to hear from him. So that preparation is very important. And there have been times in my life where I have prayed and, and sought God's will and then realized I wasn't really wanting to do what God was wanting to do. I was wanting to do what I wanted to do, right? And so I had to say, okay, let me hit the pause button. Let me go back. 
let me prepare my heart. And I just begin to confess it. I say, God, forgive me. Uh, I, you know, I, I've come with my own agenda, and I'm not really listening to you. I'm not really here to listen to you. And, and would you change my heart? God, help me to surrender to you. Help me, fill me with your spirit. Give me a heart that is ready to follow and, and, and ready to obey. And uh, I believe God responds to that every time. So um, you need to prepare your heart. So how to know God's will. Hear the scriptures. Check the requirements. Prepare your heart. Fourth, trust God's leadership. I love this. Verse 24. You, Lord, know everyone's heart. What are they saying here? We don't know these two men's hearts, right? We may see what is observable on the outside, but we can't see beyond the outside. But God, you see the heart. Did you know God sees the heart of every issue and the heart of every person? He knows. He's got perfect wisdom. He's got perfect understanding into the circumstances of our lives. He knows our future. He knows what, our plan, what his plans are for our lives. And he knows how to guide us perfectly. Do you believe that? Sometimes we think we know better than God. You know, we, I hear sometimes people say, well, you know, I know the Bible says you ought to spank your kids, but I, I don't believe that. The, the, you know, I've heard some psychologist over here that says you shouldn't do that. Well, who do you want to believe, the psychologist or the Lord? See, we, so a lot of times we get ourselves in trouble because we're trying to listen to the world rather than listen to God. Uh, when, when the fact is, God knows how our families need to operate, right? He's the one who created the family. He's the one who created us. He knows how we tick. He knows what we need. He knows what our kids need. And we can trust him with the specific things he tells us to do in his word. So we come with this, this heart of trust that um, he will lead us in the best way, in the right way. You know, a lot of times in my life, I've been on a path that was not God's path for me. And God's had to either get my attention or speak to me in some way uh, to, to help me realize that I was not doing what he wanted me to do. Uh, and, and he's redirected me. But you know what I've found? In times when I've doubted, Lord, I, are you sure about this? Have you, ever, have you ever thought that? Maybe you didn't say that. Maybe you're too spiritual to say that, but you thought it. Okay. Lord, really? Is this really what you want me to do? I, this, this doesn't make sense to me. Um, and and there have been some times like that in my life. But you know what I found? I found that if I'll take the step to trust God in those situations, he knows what he's doing. He has perfect wisdom. He always guides us on the right path for us and will supply what we need. So they're trusting his leadership. Lord, you know everyone's heart. We know that the one we need to look to for the answer is not this world. It's not the opinions of the people of this assembly. It's you. We need to hear from you, Lord, above all else. And so we've got to trust God's leadership. And you've got to come with a, with a posture of trust. You see, Sometimes God calls us to step out of our comfort zone. I had God one time lay upon my heart that I needed to rebuke a friend. I don't like to do that. It's uncomfortable for me. Um, but I just continued to sense the Holy Spirit dealing with me about that. 
And I was arguing with God about it. I said, Lord, you know, if, if I say that, this is what's going to happen. I was telling God, like, God needed me to tell him that. You know, this is what's going to happen if I say that, God. It's going to mess up my relationship with this fella. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to, uh, to reach him. And, you know, I was finally, but after about three days, I finally said yes to God. I said, okay, God, if you give me the opportunity, I'll, I'll, I'll share and so the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. And so I, I said it in as soft a voice as I could. <laughs> and I rebuked it. But you know what happened was he pulled me into a side room. We were, we were in, it was when I was in tech school in the military. He pulled me into a side room and he just began to weep. And we had the best discussion for about 10 minutes about the things of God. It didn't go anything like I thought it would go. Guess what? God knew what he was talking about. I just had to trust him and trust that he knew what's best. You know, that, that is such a, a powerful thing in our lives. If we want to know God's will and walk in that will, we've got to come to him with a, with a heart and a posture of trust in his leadership. All right. So how to know God's will. Hear the scriptures. Check the requirements. Prepare your heart, trust God's leadership, and finally ask for clarity. If you look at verse 24, show which of these two you have chosen. So they're asking specifics now. God, show us which one you want to take this place of leadership. Now, they cast lots here, um, and, and uh, that comes from the Old Testament. The priest, the high priest, would have in his breast piece, uh, the Urim and Thummim, and they would, they would cast these lots to determine the will of God. This is the last time you find this written about in Scripture because guess what? The Holy Spirit's about to be given at Pentecost, and we no longer need to cast lots today to know God's will because we can be led by the Holy Spirit. But they ask these specifics, and then they, they uh, uh, listen to the Lord for His answer. Um, when I, when I went to my second church to pastor, um, I'd been talking with the committee there. And there was one guy, I was young at the time. Uh, that ship has sailed, but uh, I, I was young at the time. And um, one of the men on the committee said, you know, I just don't think we need to have a young guy come to be our pastor. I think we need somebody with more experience and wisdom and so forth and um, but they were talking and everything. But God ended up, over time, he changed this man's heart. And he was now in favor. And they did call me to, to be the pastor of their church. And um, Did you know God can do that? God can change minds and hearts. God can give us specific instruction of what we need to do. Um, and um, praise God for it. <laughs> um, so... Um, Ask God for clarity. Uh, how does God bring this clarity? Well, usually through His Holy Spirit. Uh, the Colossians says in, in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart uh, uh, unto which you were called. So act as umpire. Let the peace of God act as umpire. What should I do? Let God's peace, as you're praying, guide you. There have been times I've sensed something's not God's will. There's just something that is a check in my spirit about it. This is not right. 
uh, listen to that. Don't, don't proceed until you can have peace in your spirit as you call upon the Lord if this is a major decision in your life. Uh, also, uh, when God does bring that peace, what I found is a good idea is to pray about it for several days in a row if it's a big decision. And see if that peace is consistent in your life. Because if it's from God, it'll be consistent. Sometimes we get our own feelings mixed up with what we're trying to hear from God. And so if it's your own feelings, our feelings change from day to day, don't they? Uh, you wake up and you have a bad hair day the next day, right? And, uh, it, you know, your, your attitude is completely different. But if it's from God, there'll be a consistency there uh, over a period of time. So um, ask God for clarity. So they've been praying beforehand, but now they're praying together. And as God's people, they sense that God is leading them to Matthias. Now, if you're in a group of people and all of you together are praying and you all uh, uh, are sensing the same thing from God, that's a very strong indication that God's at work. Um, I, I've heard of a number of cases where people will write down, they give slips of paper, what's God saying to you about this? And they write down on that slip of paper, what they believe the Lord's leading to do, and all of those slips of paper agree. Listen, that's a pretty good sign. The Lord might be at work, okay? Get, especially if you get Baptists to agree, right? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good thing. So um, they, they sense God leading, and they choose to appoint Matthias uh, as they cast these lots, and, and it shows that he is, is the one. So um, ask God for the clarity that you need. Uh, did you know God has a purpose for each one of our lives? He does. The Bible says in, in Psalm 139 that God has written all of our days in his book uh, before one of them came to be. Now, that's what I call a plan. God has a plan for today for your life. He's got a plan for every day that you live. Some people say, well, you know, God, I can't understand what God's doing right now in my life. I, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't see whatever good there could be in my life right now. But can I tell you something? If you know Jesus Christ, God has a purpose. You may not know what that purpose is, and that, that's okay. But God knows it. And you trust God with that purpose for your life. And so what we need to do as God's people, we need to line ourselves up with his purpose so that we can fulfill the purpose he has for us uh, as Christians. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, the beginning of lining up with God's purpose is to start a relationship with him. The Bible says that God sent Jesus to live the perfect life we couldn't live, to die the death we deserved at the cross uh, in our place, and he died and he rose again. And because of what Jesus did, God will forgive us, He'll give us eternal life. He'll make us his children if we'll make a choice by faith to repent of our sin and put our trust in Jesus Christ. And that is how you begin a relationship with Jesus. So if you're ready to do that today, we're going to give you an opportunity here in just a moment to do that. Uh, and uh, I'm going to ask you to pray a simple prayer like, uh, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned against you, and I can't save myself, but thank you that you lived the perfect life I couldn't live. You died the death I deserved, and you rose again. And I receive your forgiveness, and I trust you 
for forgiveness and eternal life. And can I tell you on the authority of God's word, as you call upon Jesus in that way with a repentant heart, he will save your soul. So if you'd like to do that this morning, you can come to the altar to do it. You don't, need, you don't need the preacher to do that. But uh, if you'd like some help with, with going through a prayer of repentance and trust, uh, I'll be here at the front. I'd be happy to help you uh, make that decision. If you're here today as a child of God and you say, you know what, uh, I need some guidance in my life. Maybe you just need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I, I need to surrender. I've not been surrendered to you. Maybe there's a sin you need to confess to God here at this altar this morning to get yourself in the place where you can hear from God in the way you need to hear. Uh, but you respond to the Lord here as he leads here just, just a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the way that you speak into our lives. And uh, God, we ask that you would help us uh, to hear your will and your guidance in our lives, God, and that we would follow it. Um, especially in what we find in your word, God. Help us to follow it and to trust it and to live by it and to be changed by it through your mighty power. And uh, Lord, for those who are here today that don't know Jesus Christ or perhaps that are watching online, uh, Lord, help them right now uh, to, bring, to be calling on your name uh, to repent of their sin and to put their trust in Jesus for eternal life. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.